0: Welcome back to another podcast episode. Don't know what number is it. Don't know what number this is because we're pre-recording it, but it's in the 20s somewhere. 21. Um, 21. 21. Who who did
1: we talk to? Paul. Paul Michael Hughes. Yeah, you can only refer to him by his full, including middle name. Paul Michael Hughes.
0: Paul Michael Hughes. Yeah, he's, he's, He's... Well, I met him through yourself, but he's local, he's a friend of ours, Mm. and he's really bloody good. He's a professional photographer, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's a professional photographer. photographer. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he's done loads of stuff, including Guinness World Records, loads of fashion brands. He's photographed loads of musicians over the years, including like Peter Hook, Roger Daltrey, Maxi Jazz, Simon Neal uh Orlando weeks from the mm, Maccabees fucking loads of people so many people and, and then on top
0: of that he also likes doing photography in his own time yeah, yeah and
1: he does his yeah own, his own same time. personal stuff but like he's so interesting like what he's done like to me uh he's got a style that he like he's developed over time like he's amazing with lighting and he's done that through just like Hugged, graft in a you know working in a studio as an assistant for you know a time and then going out on the road with other photographers as an assistant and then you know since becoming a photographer and studying photography he's worked full-time as a photographer so again it's like quite an inspiring thing to listen to if you're someone who's trying to do that and he's done it just through sheer hard work and actually I remembered something that we we didn't mention we asked him like in the video, oh, have you got any advice for people who are uh, photographers? And I remember one of the things he told me years and years ago uh, was that he never texts anybody and, or he never, he never used to email people. Like I, when I, I first met him by being, we, we were in a band together and uh, I'd text him and he'd call me back. And he always did that. And one day I was like, why would you never text back? And he was like, cause I don't, I just call people because then they can't say no to you. And I was like, that's really good. So he's like, yeah, I do it. Cause that's what I do for work. If you call somebody up. It's harder for them to ignore you, but it's impossible for them to ignore you. And it's harder for them to like turn you down. And I always remembered that and didn't take it on board because I am not that, you know, confident, but He's got, uh, he's got a good
0: work ethos, hasn't he? He
1: he works really fucking hard. He does work mad. really hard. Yeah, he works and it really pays
0: off because his works fantastic. His you know his professional work and his his personal work. He's he's very knowledgeable about anything photography though, isn't he? Like you know yeah. he seems to know everything about analog, digital, like the cameras you've got. He's either had one or experienced it. And he's not bullshitting. He he really has. Mm. Do you know what he's I mean? Super, he's like, for so long, yeah. And he's yeah. so knowledgeable like and, so technically, humble about it as well if you ask for help he will be honest with you which which I think is really nice yeah
1: yeah really technically minded a total yeah. like perfectionist um and yeah it really shows like the start I, I can look through the Guinness World Record book and be like pull that's one of Paul's that's one of Paul's and like you can just tell um so yeah we'll check obviously loads of photos up and that. Uh, we'll put the links below of his of his two instagram accounts maybe his website uh yeah follow him on instagram for some against the grain you know anti-algorithm type postings and then uh yeah yeah
0: and send him some love he's a bit banged up at the minute he's had a bike accident hasn't he so um
1: yeah, he's on the mend, isn't it? But...
0: Yeah, he's he's fine, but he, he yeah,
1: send him some love. Mm. Um, but yeah, without further ado. Hey, this is a bonus intro. Me and Jamie recorded an intro, and I hadn't actually edited the episode, so it uh, turns out it's really, really long. And um, uh, it's in two parts now, which we didn't know before, so I'm here to tell you this in a slightly awkward uh, manner. So, Paul Michael Hughes. <laughs> Do you want more, please. Uh, uh.
0: <laughs> Tell us first of all, what made you first pick up a camera? When when was that? When did you get the bug? The bug. Because you've always done photography, right? For people that are listening. You've always, like, you know, that's been your whole career, hasn't it? Since I'll,
1: I'll just jump in and say, I always describe you as, I'm, as far as I am know, you've never had a proper job. You're just like... You've always <laughs> <been a> proper... <laughs> I I've, think that's about right.
2: I've done warehouse work. Yeah. beginning. I've Taking
1: done... photos of warehouses?
2: <laughs> yeah. I did well. Yeah. So I, 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 worked, I worked in warehouses, picking and packing when I was younger. I worked in the Saxbys, the butchers
1: oh really yeah wow that's a very northampton reference
2: i worked as in pulse as a temporary tattooist yeah. in henna uh, body tattooing mm-hmm. it was whilst doing that job actually that i did a city and guilds in photography in the evenings as an evening mm. course and then that i suppose that's where it started really from there um so sort of, that was the real, that was the bug, I suppose, because I went out my own way to do that. Do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't something that you got into when you was a kid sort of thing. And then not really. No. Saved up for your first cat. it was just more like, oh, you kind of fell into it almost and then got the bug from it that way.
2: Yeah. Well, I, like Luke said earlier, like I've got that story that someone gave me a camera. Like my granddad gave me a camera when I was young. And, um, you know, I put a roll of film through it, but it didn't really go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? um but I was always arty at school I was like the guy that painted and the guy that was a good drawer you know got an A in art all that sort of stuff yeah and from school I did a a foundation in Northampton in art and design and that was where I was introduced to the camera because you had to do you had to do all different you know areas of art from textiles to to life drawing to photography you know sculpture and uh, yeah picked up a camera then and um that was where it started with the camera but like, like i said when i did the city and guilds uh that was when i got serious you know about doing mm. it
1: yeah. was that all on film as well
2: yeah this is we, we're looking at about 1998 yeah. at this time yeah, so yeah. a long time ago yeah there's no digital
1: yeah um, so it wasn't
0: even an option no well, i feel you say that about going uh, going to college and doing that art and design because that's that's exactly what I did at college okay. Um, I started off with an art and design fine art and film and then through kind of doing film I got into the photography but mm. I actually dropped out of art and design because I don't know I always felt like they had to reference your you had to reference your artwork and stuff but Maybe I should have stuck it out and I would have got into the photography side of it. But Yeah,
2: maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah, I only did it for a couple of months and I don't know where I had to travel to get to college. I couldn't get to my classes on time, so I ended up uh, dropping out of that and design and that's when I picked up photography. But
2: I did the sitting guilds and I was working at Pulse and then I threw my job in, just fit all in to go and do a HND in photography,
1: mm.
2: which again I did in Northampton. And that's where it all started, on the HND.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um. I got an opportunity to do some assisting with a, f- a local photographer and then that's when it began basically one year into the HMD I started working as an assistant and this is like 2000 and then from then I've just that's it never had a job since just been freelance
0: <laughs> and was that like when so when you used the assistant was that kind of like in a studio or was that out and, a, out and about on shoes
2: so yeah, this guy was called Patrick Levering, and he did a lot of Walls ice cream stuff. So I was working with him on the Walls campaigns, and we were going to Thorpe Park or shooting in studios in London. And for me, like, I was probably, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a stab in the dark, but maybe I was about 21 or something, 22. Mm. So for me, this was, like, amazing, you know what I mean? It's just, like, the best thing ever. Um and then he recommended me to Harvest Studios that were in Northampton, okay. um, and that was a that was a studio based job. So from then on, I, be- I became an assistant in a you know sh- indoor studio. Mm. So I re- rarely went out and about, and I did that.
0: Did yeah. that get you kind of familiar with how to set up the lights, you know, how yeah. to take a photo, sort of thing? And
2: yeah, exactly. So at that point, I moved from sort of learning only a small amount at that time to so learning a lot about studio photography
0: yeah
2: um, and then uh one day a, a photographer was in there printing an exhibition and he said uh do you want to come and work with me uh, for, as an assistant i went to work with him and then he then we were back out on location doing a lot of location work so then i was learning more about you know lighting um, with stuff you know in the middle of a field and things like that you know all different lighting conditions. So so by now yeah I had a really good knowledge of
1: yeah, yeah. all sorts
2: of photography. And yeah. throughout all this time, I was still taking pictures of my own you know on my Pentax K one thousand you know doing my little yeah. art and
0: stuff. That's really but cool.
2: I didn't yeah. know where I was going though. I just did it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Kind of how everyone can should kind of do it though like
2: yeah
0: because we, we, we get asked yeah. that quite a lot like oh you know what's the best camera to use when you start off and things like that but it's not necessarily about the camera it's more about understanding how to take a photo and then your camera's you kind of weapon of choice isn't it because mm. you know you wouldn't go out in the pitch black and just take a photo and hope it works you need to understand a little bit about light and that kind of side of things to be able to take a photo and then you kind of get onto the equipment and the gear that you use, I guess. I don't know, mm. it's a bit of a...
2: No, I totally agree with you. Like at, at the beginning, like you're saying that you often use the camera you were given, don't you? I, I had a K1000, because it was what I was given at college to use. So I just bought the same one, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. I college, didn't know anything. That was a camera.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah.
2: And then you set about, don't you, just taking pictures of anything it's like your tour of duty of learning like, you know, your failures and the things that work and, you
1: know, yeah. it's you so much fun
2: for looking for, you know, that interesting thing. To yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And the heartbreak as well. Cause I feel like when I did, when I did photography at college, I thought every photo I took was probably the best photo in the world. And then I'll take it back to my teacher and he would be like, no, 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 that one. No. And then I'll be like, these are all amazing but then he actually taught me kind of what to look at and then Mm. you're kind of like oh yeah I thought about that then and it makes you kind of think about a photo more doesn't it rather than just Mm. I took it it's going to be amazing do you know what I mean
2: it's funny you say that because um just sort of skipping forward to like the professional shoots on on shoots like often if you if, if I do a photo shoot and I think oh it's been a cracking day we've got some amazing pictures I often come away and like I didn't often do as good as I thought I did. And, so, and yeah, yeah. when I when I think about a really shit day or a bad shoot, I come back and the pictures are amazing. It, it, mm. It's so weird how it works like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like weight of expectation, isn't it? Like if you yeah, think this, it's brilliant. So. It's when you get rolls back from the, you know, your scans back or wherever from having a film developed. I did it the other day and I was like, there's so many good shots in this. I just know it. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, there's a few, but some of the ones I like I didn't focus them properly, or uh, they just weren't as interesting as I thought they were going to be. Yeah. And I think it's because it was on Portra, so I was like, These are all going to be brilliant because Portra, right? Portra's
2: made of magic, and yeah, yeah. It didn't fail unicorn
1: uh, that's sprinkled in there,
0: yeah.
1: And some of them I was just like, Nah never mind. but
0: then saying that you look back and you might look back in a year's time or six months time or a month's time and you look at them with a little bit because you're expecting a certain thing mm. and if it doesn't come out like that you're like well they're rubbish because they're not what I expected but then when you look back on them in six months time you'll be like oh these are actually pretty cool because you'll forget about the kind of yeah. expectation of what you're taking because you've just haven't like,
2: oh, you've you, you put up a picture was yeah. it or, like, oh,
0: yeah, the one on the, the flooded field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I and, like,
2: didn't think much of this, yeah. ago, but think about Oh well, Yeah,
0: but when I got that developed, it was obviously there was 10 10 photos on the reel, but um, I really didn't like it. I didn't think that much to it at all. And it was only since I've kind of come back to it that I thought, well, it might not have been what I expected. Because I was thinking, because uh, if you remember the photo, there's like a puddle on the floor. Yeah. I was thinking I might get a nice reflection and then it kind of didn't work out like that but now I look back at the photo and I'm like oh I quite like that I'm drawn to it it reminds me of it like I said on my Instagram it it just reminds me of the crazy weather we kind of feel like we've been having recently I don't know like Mm. hot minute then pissing it down the next day or whatever it just goes to show though you just shouldn't you should never throw anything out should you no definitely not definitely not I don't know how we got on to talk about me, mate. We're to be talking about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, t- I, I totally get that. So, yeah, so you went, you went from being an assistant then. So then how did you get... Well, what happened from being an assistant? Where did you go from there?
2: Well, I'm ashamed to say but it had to be done. Like a lot of people, you have to start doing weddings.
1: <laughs> mm. um,
2: so... It turned out that a lot of, obviously, including Luke, a lot of my friends are getting married.
1: I was going to say, yeah, you did my wedding. Yeah,
2: and um, they need photographers. So all of a sudden, I had a portfolio of work that was based you know, on weddings. So I was like, it'd be silly not to keep plugging this. So for a while, I did weddings. Um, but amongst that, I was still you know, pushing for my own work. Mm. Um, just picking little bits up here and there and uh yeah three weddings away one day I just said no more of that I hate it and then just yeah just kept pushing at my own work and you know picking up clients advertising yourself but I think a lot of it is word of mouth word of mouth you know with,
1: with yeah. different people
2: the way you move
1: yeah
0: so just for people that obviously don't really know what you do now you do well obviously you're a very good photographer uh, we're certainly going to talk about your own personal kind of projects and you kind of your own work but you're nine to five shall we call it you're paid how you, how you keep the roof over your head that kind of job that is a commercial photographer right
2: yeah definitely yeah commercial yeah yeah um, it's I always say it's people to portrait really but um, basically I'm, I'm quite an eclectic photographer really I do I just do everything like living in Northampton. I think if I was to try and specialise too much, I'm not sure it would go as well for me. Mm. Yeah, so basically, there's a lot of businesses around here, so you know, picking up as much work as I can. So like school work, school prospectuses, products, uh, videos, commercial videos. Um, but yeah, definitely these days my work is more commercial driven. Yeah. Um, than like editorial or things like that, that it, it used to be a little bit more.
1: So you've got the Guinness World Records, which is like you I feel like you're playing down what you do. A <laughs> bit.
2: I know, but the thing is I, I suppose I'm talking about the photographer I am now, I guess right now, rather than like, well still I'm doing the Guinness stuff, but yeah. yeah I sometimes think that I sometimes think that um I've done a lot of really, really cool work, you know, like mm. as a photographer and um and with the world changing and uh, like the guinness book for example or how they're, they're it's becoming less about the photography and more about videos mm. and you know the world's changed and as a result i've moved away in some areas from some of my clients because of things you know like that so yeah because i do do video as well yeah but sometimes like in the guinness in the guinness area they don't want glossy videos that are that the people spent a lot of money on they just want that realistic raw thing right. the phone because people connect to that more you know yeah um, and they get more views people don't believe some of the footage that's too glossy with guinness so ie for example the video side of guinness i haven't been able to take that work on do you know what i mean because mm. they've got their own in-house people and most of it's supplied by that said, people doing their own videos so. yeah
1: yeah but you but see yeah,
2: sorry back to the photography no no
1: no so but that's so you've done loads of uh the ph- photography that people will have seen in the Guinness World Records yeah, so well.
2: Guinness World Records to this day is still probably my most favorite client
1: hmm. I've
2: ever had and probably ever will have and you know the doors that have opened to travel you know parts of the world photographing you know it's just been yeah. amazing, yeah. yeah. I've been doing that since um about 2002 or three or something.
1: How's it that yeah. long? So, so how old.
0: did you get into that then?
2: So, well, basically, so if I go back to um, this is a bit of a bad story actually, and, and I don't here I am telling it on the internet, but yeah, so this photographer, he was a Guinness World Records photographer, and um. I was working with him, and um, basically, he, he started to want to push his, push his work out and get an agent. So, for example, we were traveling America, and uh, during one of these trips, we got to New York, and all he was sort of wanting to do was sort of break off from the jobs that we were doing and get, get to these um, uh, bookings, uh, not bookings, so meetings that he'd had with agents. Anyway, the picture editor that was with us on these shoots was getting really annoyed with this, the way he was carrying on. And um, she had a private word with me and said, look, if I, I want to tell you that we're not going to work with Photographer X anymore. And um, like, basically, we're a bit sorry, but there won't be any work for you anymore. Once we let him go, you know, we don't like his attitude anymore on the shoot. So so that was the end of that. Yeah. So for me traveling with him just comes to an abrupt end and then maybe about a year or two later um they got back in touch with me and said um we've got photography that needs doing for the book uh still life photography like uh record related items like yo-yos or bottle tops or Mm. smarties you know uh it's too Big of a job for us to do in the office you know but too small of a job for a big professional photographer so they said is it something that you'd want to do and obviously I was like of course I will you know yeah, yeah. so basically I joined doing some of that work at a time when like I said Guinness World Records had moved on from the times with Photographer X
1: mm.
2: and um, it grew from there basically like yeah. to moved on to a different job. A new guy came in. And when he came in, you know, I seized the opportunity and and just asked if I could get a portrait of a record holder. And eventually, maybe a year or two later, he gave me a portrait. And then here I am now, you know. Yeah. Being, gosh, is it about 15 years later, maybe
0: or something? That's yeah. crazy. Because it, yeah. it what's really when you kind of think about what you took photos of, I'm sure we'll flash up some examples and whatnot, Mm. but did you ever think you'd be taking those kind of photos, you know, whether it be the people or the actual objects that you're taking photos of? Probably not. Do you know what I mean? So it gave you a huge portfolio in a very short amount of time because, you know, like you said, you're taking photos of bottle tops, skittles to people or whatever it might be Mm. or this huge kind of company but yeah, your portfolio is so vast just just on the subjects that you take photos. of, Yeah, the you take photos on. You know I mean it's? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah cool. I had to. I had to really keep my cool. I have to say, like, still to this day, like, you know, I still get quite stressed on shoots. It's a lot of pressure. Hmm. But yeah, when you're doing the Guinness shoots, like, you're working with the talent, and you know, you got to be, you got to be really, really on it. Mm. You, know, you as you as you can imagine, some records. Um, there's one attempt at these things. If, if if it's a live, you know, attempt at the same time, and you can't mess it up, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. You know, yeah. So so of, it's got. Thank to you back to your off. wedding photography days. Yeah, 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 <laughs> some,
1: yeah. Some of the pictures that make you know that I really remember of yours, like the guy with the can in his mouth. Yeah, um,
2: that's probably one of the most popular pictures ever. Yeah
1: you've got ones like that or you you know there's somebody who's got loads of is it loads of piercings and they're kind of stretching the skin or something or is it loads of tattoos i
2: photograph photographed um, like the world's most tattooed man yeah, or, yeah. Um, so you've um, got
1: them like the tallest man in the world next to the smallest yeah. man in the world but that's kind of more I guess portrait work because as opposed to you're not there when they're breaking a record they are just the tallest man in the world but you've got like you did the video games side of things when it is a live record breaking attempt you told me a story a long time ago about a fifa can you can you repeat that story on the (laughs) live you don't have to
2: that's right Yeah, that's really bad, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't think Jamie knows this. I don't, I don't, I'm sitting here laughing. I haven't got a clue what you're on about. I'm just so excited to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. there's
2: another story I can tell after this, more more about about being an assistant. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a photographer's story. Yeah, it was a Guinness World Records event. I think it was. Is it the old Blue last in? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. I think it was there from what I remember. It's superb, isn't
2: it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. They had an event and it was all these gamers breaking records so they mm. had these big screens and computer games
1: but when um, you say gaming like
0: you know like fastest person to complete pac-man that kind of thing
2: so it was all like fifa and um need for speed and things like that oh, okay. you know? and they like i don't know they, they have all different sorts of records like um speed running and um you know they they find ways of finding records amongst the games you know Yeah, yeah yeah but this was a fifa record and this guy was playing uh, FIFA and, um, and I'm sort of, the screen's behind me, a massive screen, I'm taking pictures of him, you know, with a controller playing and I'm backing up and backing up. And um, suddenly like I'd knock into a stage and unbeknown to me, I knocked over, my bum hit a pint of beer and it tipped onto the, a plug socket and then just blew the power to the whole building. <laughs> like this kid's in the middle of a world record attempt and the electricity just went out like that.
0: <laughs> <God>.
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, I, I owned up to it. I said, oh, it was me, it was me, I'm so sorry. But
0: basically... Maybe you're, maybe you're the new record ho- holder, the person who broke the most amount yes. of... What, what What would it be?
2: Destroyed yes, the most you, amount of records.
0: Yes, the person who stopped <laughs> anyone from getting the record the most amount of times.
2: But I thought, I thought that's it. was a moment when you think i'm never gonna work for this company ever again you know like it was it was a big party Mm. but they'd said don't anyone put any drinks on the stage yeah
1: i was gonna say surely
2: it wasn't my fault essentially because there shouldn't be but the guy i went up to him later on and i said um he got the record by the way and i went up to this record (laughs) later and i said um I'm so sorry because I was mortified you know and he said um he said it's fine you did me a favor he said I was doing really bad and um I wouldn't have got the record he said and and then that happened and then he said I got to start again and then he got the world record so (laughs) I actually helped him in the end so another
0: another little assistant line there you should be in the book for yeah assistant world World record
2: breaker. yeah but yeah I was mortified at that my word.
0: Yeah. That didn't hold you back in any way, did it?
2: No, no. That, that was that was a long time ago. That was. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago, yeah. 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 So I've had plenty more work from, from them since then. And like I said, we've traveled travelled most of Europe and America mm. doing it. So Amazing. I you must have more, done something uh, right.
0: <laughs> what about Simon Neal? How did you get on to taking a photo of Simon Neal? Oh right, so uh, if you uh, don't know who Simon Neal is, he's the singer of Biffy Clyro. Are
2: you a fan of Biffy then?
0: I am, yeah, I do, I do really like Biffy. But, well, yeah, I, I, I've I got no, no shame in admitting I really like Biffy, but they were one of the first bands that I saw maybe ever, and they were no one. So one of my first ever gigs, without kind of going off onto me, I went to Download Festival in 2003, I want to say it was, and Limp Biscuit were meant to headline, and they pulled out at the last second, and they end up doing their dollar bill tour which is quite a famous tour they did where you only had to pay a pound basically for for the postage of the ticket because they pulled out such late notice that they put on like this little day festival at Hyde Park and the first band that supported so you were there from like 12 till you know midnight or whatever it was but the opening act there was five bands there the opening act was Biffy Clyro. And they were no one. Do you know what I mean? They, I think it must have been around the same sort of time as their first album or their first. See, I would
2: album. never be ashamed of that because those awesome. were really cool. They yeah, were yeah. great. Right. a good like band, them. but you know they were really raw back then. Yeah, they?
0: yeah. So I'd like to say that I've been a fan of Biffy since the start. You know what I mean? Without sounding too cheesy, but I definitely like early Biffy Biffy just as much as
1: mm. Biffy. I do
2: you like him, Luke?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did first couple of albums. Um, they were like, I my old band supported them when mm. at the Soundhouse when they we supported them a couple of times actually. Um, but yeah, the Soundhouse when there was literally no one there, and they were the loudest fucking band I've ever heard. Like it was insane, <laughs> brutal, and it was brilliant. And then when the first album came out. And it had like it was really polished and really had loads of effects on it and all this. I was a bit like,
2: "That's not this." uh,
1: So it all kind of went downhill from (laughs) that first couple of times of seeing them live. Um, But now they are one of those bands, aren't they? It's a bit like the Foo Fighters, like you know. They're a bit cheesy I've Just 11, got
2: a bit too far, but it's a career though isn't it for them so
1: and they yeah, got their
0: fans yeah. don't they but i mean yeah fair, but yeah I, I think they're great but yeah how did you get because you've taken photos of simon a couple of times that's right
2: yeah twice yeah 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 first time um, cambridge second time was france in leon leon mm. yeah Lyon, yeah
0: so how, how did that come around doing that the first time then?
2: So the, it's the old story again, in my social circle, someone that someone that I knew-ish worked for PV Electronics. At the time they were based in Corby. So the chances of, you know, well, someone working and in, living in this area working for PV was high. Anyway, I knew this guy through a friend and they needed a photographer and he thought of me. Mm. So. Yeah, and he, what was the first job? I, what, bullet for my Valentine was the first job I did for them. I forget the singer's name now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do, I remember some of them pictures, because that's it, like, some of the people you did through that, like, you photographed Peter Hook, like, he's my yeah, base I- hero. Mm. Yeah. that's like that's amazing and like maxi jazz from uh faithless and... yeah
2: yeah yeah did him so yeah basically i i because of all the the, the the photography work i did for the amplifier companies was very similar to the work that i was doing for guinness like it involved the same sort of lighting you know you've you're, you're on location you walk into a location you have to think fast you have to figure out what you're doing you know you don't have any pre pre-production on it you know so very similar sort of work. So I just fell into that perfectly, you know, um, being a musician as well. But yeah, got lucky, did the PV stuff. Like I said, met, met and worked with a lot of really cool musicians. And then from there, um, got, got on board with Blackstar, Northampton based. Mm. You know, I heard there was an amplifier company setting up in Northampton. I was like, right, well, I'm going to work for them um and funny enough when i contacted them it's funny you mentioned the simon neil picture because literally they that day that i got in touch it's total coincidence they'd opened up a magazine and looked at the picture of simon neil that i'd shot yeah. and said right we need to find who that guy is and get him to do our work our photography work oh, wow. that's
1: awesome. and that
2: very same day i contacted them huh. <laughs> oh. weird. Yeah.
0: Meant yeah. to be. Meant and to the first
2: be. job I did for them was Razorlight. Yeah. So basically between um, PV um, and Blackstar, like I did. Uh, oh yeah, PV also owned Trace Elliot at the time, and Buddha Amp Boot Boutique Amps. So basically, I was going ed- for for about four or five years. I was going everywhere for these guys, photographing different musicians over up and down the country. So that- were
0: you Were you kind of going at it because like it was a passion, or was it something you like wanted to have? your portfolio or was it a case that the work kind of just kept kind of coming to you and you're like yeah i'll do it i'll do it
2: yeah it was exactly that last one i i obviously i was always into music and i was so appreciative of how cool these jobs were but yeah like guinness world records pv trace elliott you know it was just a time of my life that was just i was just getting on with it and it was Mm. you know it was amazing (laughs) Like mm-hmm. earning money to, to go to a concert and you know be there for sound check and um you know and, and hang out with the bands members and you know watch shows from the sides of the stage after, you know, it's all there. And to be honest, I don't think I took it in as much as I should have done, you know. Like
1: Yeah, I, it's probably hard to at the time though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm sure I think I was an actual job. Yeah, mm. I wish
2: I'd absorbed it all a bit more, just sort of. Floating along, the next job would come in. The next job would
0: come in, you know. Well, at least uh, I'm pretty sure. At least you've got all the photographic evidence of where you've been. <laughs> Is that reason you were there, right? <laughs> and you got paid to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you
2: think,
0: uh, what I wanted to ask you because I know, like Luke said earlier, we have a lot of people asking us, "How would you become a professional photographer?" and i understand that you've got to be able to take a good photo you've got to understand how the equipment works to 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 take the certainly the photos you do but do you feel like it's more about being a good photographer or marketing yourself promoting yourself that kind of thing
2: i almost would say it was neither of those to be honest i think i would say it's more about consistency and reliability
0: yeah
2: like because along along the way as you can imagine i've sort of met a lot of photographers and seen a lot of photographers work and i've seen and witnessed photographers with this is a bit naughty of me to say with average work but doing amazing things and going amazing places you know Mm. um and then you see photographers with amazing work but because they just haven't got it in them to be productive you know they're would rather sit on PlayStation than sort of market, you know. Well, not market themselves, but but sort of pay attention to what they're doing. Yeah, they don't go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Okay. No, I've also heard the same story from my clients that sometimes they've come to me because they've had a photographer that, like I was saying a second ago, that just lets them down. They do a shoot and they don't see the pictures for like a month or something. Mm. Yeah. You know, so there's that reliability side. You know, I think I think yeah, yeah. like. I think people like you to be consistent and reliable if you're those things in my personal opinion in my journey it doesn't matter if your work's a bit average as long as you can deliver the goods on time Mm.
0: first of all that was a great answer I kind of didn't expect that and it's never made me want to throw my playstation away more than 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 just listening (laughs) to that few sentence but you could take a photo, photo for someone yeah you're getting paid to do some work and you might look at it as the photographer in you, and you might go, mm, i
1: will
0: give that a seven out of 10, maybe, maybe a five, but the client is going to be happy. Mm, if definitely. the client's happy, they're going to book you again, right? Or they're going to promote you or, you know, shout, shout you, your name. And it's hard to do that with, not, not as a perfectionist, because I'm certainly not a perfectionist, but I want to always try and put the best work out I can but just because, and that's with anything in life, and that's not just because I want it, uh, sorry, that's not because I want someone else to view me in a certain way, but I don't want to have my name against again, something that isn't that good. But they might be more than happy with seeing something that I've done. And that's not necessarily just with photography, do you know what I mean? Mm. That's an interesting do you, if this what you're
2: saying? Do you mean like like there's a point where like a client would understand what a good photo is and beyond that point, it doesn't matter how much effort you're putting into it to perfect it. Yeah. Is this what you're saying that you know yeah, you're so. that level and it's good enough for a client?
0: Well, you know, if like let's say Coca-Cola came to you and said, "Oh, I want you to take some product photos." And you know, the photographer in you or the cre- the creative person in you is like, "Oh, we could do this, 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 and this." And they're like, "No, no, I just want a white backdrop and a nice clean photo." So you take that photo and they're happy because it's a great photo. Mm. But there's a part of you that's like, oh, that could be better if we did this, this. Oh, thing.
2: that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But you still produced what they've wanted.
1: Yes, you know I mean? exactly. And they're they're going to give you yeah.
0: Because yeah. they're so excited
1: yeah. to see their product, a photograph of their product, that kind of, it almost like um, gives them a slight blindness to the quality of it because they're just like, oh, wow. see." So you could like to go back to what you were saying Paul it's like the consistency of work as long as you're always hitting that five out of ten or whatever maybe it's you know not quite the right way of putting it but know what they're going to get and
2: they've
1: booked you and then they've seen their own product or whatever it is photographed or their headshots of their company done, and they're like perfect that's exactly what I wanted and so you could be the best photographer in the world but if you can't show up on the day or you turn in work two months later or yeah they're
2: uh, not going to bother with you
1: (laughs) yeah you're not consistent yeah it's like what's the point in paying you to do the work if you don't Like average work is better than no work at all, kind of. Yeah,
2: definitely. And like we're saying to them, it's not average work either. It's it's amazing, but to Mm. us, it might be average.
1: Yeah, and then
0: there's that (laughs) whole like self. Exactly what that client wants.
2: Yeah. To a
0: high quality, you know, to the brief that they've given you. Mm.
2: That's another thing, Jamie. Yeah, hitting the brief is important as well, and not running away too much in sort of the end spin. And Mm. how do
0: you do that? Then is that just through? You know, if you, got, if you get given a brief and there's somewhat a little bit of creative freedom, or maybe there isn't, it doesn't really matter, how do you take the photos then? Do you just take shitloads of photos or are you very specific with the ones you take?
2: If, if the brief's a bit loose, yeah, you do the old expression, of shoot the shit out of it. <laughs> 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 make your shutter count go through the roof. But yeah, you've got to be careful. In my experience as well, when a client's like giving you a woolly brief, you know, when it's not too specific, there, that's a red flag mm. but you've got to be very careful because sometimes when people are like yeah yeah you know I trust you do what you want you know and you do what you want and suddenly they form an opinion once they've seen what you've done yeah you know, and it's, it could be wrong you know and then you find yourself in a sticky situation so what I'm saying is you've really it's hard sometimes but you've really got a nail or a client to give you a thorough brief it, it mm. covers you you know it covers your back you know and yeah. it's professional as well you
1: know yeah do you ever get briefs from people and you're like no that's a really bad idea um yeah,
2: and, and you, you know you voice your opinion so far but you, you have to be you have to be careful not to um you know
1: yeah there's a fine and
0: line isn't there <laughs> isn't
1: yeah yeah you can steer them in the right like yeah. i i get it with doing design work i'll get a you know can you create me a, a brochure I only needs to be four pages and they send me the copy and it's like enough copy to fill eight pages. Like, and I'm like, I can't do anything with this. And they're kind of, you push back as much as you can. And eventually they're like, just all right, make it, make it an extra couple of pages or something, you know, whatever it is. And you end up turning work in that's kind of shit or you don't really like it personally because there's nothing else you can do with it there's no room to in this instance like to design around tons and tons of copy someone's given you a brief that's not you know isn't going to be like the greatest thing but it's going to make them happy because that's what they wanted to see it's yeah I guess it's like a fine line to tread on how much you try and steer them in a different direction
0: do you ever take more than you know let's say you have a brief and it's somewhat quite easy to kind of achieve do you ever take other photos that has your own kind of input in it and present both and then they go you know do you ever have a client that goes oh well that's exactly what I wanted but what you've done is 10 times better can we use oh, that oh yeah yeah
2: definitely yeah I, I, I would say that that happens most of the time yeah yeah but this the creative in you that will, will that will happen and it, you know naturally on the shoot but obviously sometimes time is against you you know like, yeah. if you've only got a day to get something done, you know, you know that you're up against it sometimes. And it's painful. Sometimes you see or want to do things, but you have to just move on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or the worst thing is coming away from a shoot just and then having a, a light bulb moment, you know. Yeah. And you've already left and you're like, oh, why don't we just do it like this or something? And it's like...
0: It's yeah. you just kind of learn to deal with those things, haven't you?
2: Yeah, it's painful. But then you just have to remember, you know, you're getting paid and it's like, know this is the job in me now
0: yeah yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about your kind of like your own photography but i did have one more question about the kind of professional kind of stuff and that would be do you have any advice for anyone who would who wants to get into commercial photography i guess or professional photography
2: well obviously we've covered some of the like ways to Stay kind of like in people's you know memories like by being consistent you know and yeah mm. trustworthy. but i think another thing is um don't mess about with your equipment i think like so, someone said to me right at the start um like if you're gonna buy a flash or something or, or a lens or a camera body like just don't buy the cheap version you know just just push harder and buy the, the, the thing that you know is the thing that you're going to need you know because mm. um, you will eventually sell that cheaper one to buy the one that you needed and I know that's I know that's easier said than done when you know people haven't got the money to do these things but I took that on board and I and I've always done that I've always push to buy the correct equipment the kit that I need and it's really paid off because it, it gives you that level of confidence that you need to get a job done yeah I mean I don't know about you guys but you know when when you buy that bit of kit that's not quite doing the job that you need it to do you know and you're on or whatever and you're, your lines of work and you're under pressure to get something done you know you just need everything to help you get that job done smoothly don't you and,
0: I'm the worst person for that because i'm tight so like Mm -hmm. i like i know that we needed microphones to do these podcasts and i'm not saying this microphone's the the best one in the world but i had one before this that i must have paid about 20 30 quid for on amazon because I, i was like oh next day delivery it can be here tomorrow it's only 30 quid if it's crap i don't really care i did care it lasted about two hours it was terrible and then yeah. I end up spending 80 quid on this one or, or however, however much it was. And then I thought to myself, well, I've just spent 130, 120 quid or whatever. When I could have only just spent 90 yeah. quid and
2: how by so. twice, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. But oh,
2: yeah, God. it's easier said than done because you need the you need the money, but but yeah, get the right kit, the kit that mm. will get the job done. And another thing is in the early days, invest your money back into kit as quickly as you can as well yeah like, every time you get a job or get paid buy something new and keep building that kit quickly because yeah. because you want to you know it's a, it's a really competitive like world now isn't it being yeah. a freelance photographer, and you just want to you just want to make sure you're you're cut above everyone else really I know that sounds a bit sort of
0: no mad. but take, take pride in what you do be proud of what you produce and and know that you're you're good you know and don't be afraid to say that you're good and then that's you know that's someone that people remember, isn't it? Something that yeah, they...
2: exactly. And and like I said, you want you want to know and have the confidence that you're like I said a step step in that area of any job than other people might be. You know your competitors. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you ever have that mentality of saying yes before kind of thinking it through? Because I know that's got quite <laughs> a famous business term. Like if someone says, "Can you do this?" Just say yes, and then work out Are you going to do it afterwards. Uh,
2: yeah, I something. haven't. I've not done a lot of that in my life. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a I, I can't step into a photo shoot without knowing exactly what's going on. Yeah. Like because I feel like I'm stepping into something that's already sort of derailed, you know. Mm. So um, yeah. In the answer to your question, I'm I'm not one of those people to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I'll actually turn a job down if I know I can't do it. So.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's Good. Oh, I'm I'm the I'm the complete opposite. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll do that. Yep. Yeah, it's fine. And then go shit. <laughs>
2: I think you learned from me, didn't you, when we were planning the um, Phantom Isle stuff?
1: Oh I, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I need it all, sorted. I need to know exactly what's going on. I need to know, I? and it's like,
1: mm. but
2: obviously you were a little bit like, "Well, we can just turn up, can't we?" And just, <laughs> <with it."
1: laughs> you know? I just thought we'll meet in the middle. I'll just I won't plan a thing, and you'll plan too much, and then we'll get it done. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but to be honest, like it ca- it ended up being it was actually quite easy to film that and easy to edit it and just by the
2: street that one
1: yeah yeah and uh it was quite an enjoyable day or it wasn't even a day it was only a few hours of filming but the flip side of that I knew what we were going to be doing but the couple of days before I was almost like I don't want to do it no, like I feel I'm not prepared I hope it rains I hope it gets I hope I hope somebody can't do it someone because you just start like panicking about it but now I've done it I'm like wicked I wish I, I just want to do that all the time.
2: You see for, in, for, as a professional photographer you can't have those days whittling up to, leading up to a shoot do you know what I mean because if you've got yeah. shoots back to back to back which can happen yeah. like, oh, I'd be a nervous wreck you know what I mean yeah <laughs>
0: i'm I'm, I'm doing a wedding next year i I think luke might actually assist me doing it it's only like a you know a friend sort of thing um but i was like yeah i'll do it but in my head i was like yeah i'll do it but if i'm gonna do it properly i i want to get paid and that was kind of my mentality you know what i mean i know it sounds wrong but i knew i know i know how hard it is to shoot a wedding i've done a couple before um but now i've now it's booked and i'm like oh God, have I got the right equipment? And I'm st- all the fears kicking in when really I just need to trust myself as a photographer. The reason that they've asked me to do it is because they've seen mm. the one that I've already done. Do you know what I mean? So I should take the pressure off myself, but easier said than done, isn't it, sometimes?
2: And like Luke was saying, the minute you get there, Jamie, you'll probably be whittling up to it. And then the minute you get going, you'll just, you'll just indulge yourself in the day and you'll just yeah. You'll yeah, love but, it, yeah.
0: you love know? it. Phantom Isle, by the way, They're a band. Luke's just shot the music video for one of
1: their new records. I'll put a link to the video. And I've got some calls. They're a
0: band. Luke did the music video for their latest single. And, yeah, it's really good. Yeah.